Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans for fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Hello and good afternoon, Brewer fans. Welcome to another edition of the Brew Crew Review Podcast, podcast number 72. I am your host, Vince Travato, joined here on the set by Scott Bartell. Scott, how are you today? Uh, it's doing great, celebrating a Brewer win and somehow managed to salvage a split, uh, which, you know, I guess all things considered, we should be pretty happy with. Yeah, that's, uh, that's accurate. And I guess before we get going here, uh, Craig or Chad, are you guys on the set here today? Scott, have you talked to Craig or Chad, or do we know where half of our team is? Um, I have not. I actually heard that they were going to try to get some more inside information from our anonymous source, Tom Carter. Um, oh. So they might, they might be at a bar, you know, maybe they're watching the game together and, you know, trying to pry some info out of them. I, I don't know if you knew this or if we've talked about this before, but just so you know, we're not supposed to say – uh, Tom Carter's name on the air because he's our anonymous source, which means he's supposed to be an unknown figure. So you're supposed to say Tom C or T Carter, but not Tom Carter's name on the air. Just as a, I just want to throw that out there to start oh. off our show here. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'm yeah. Okay. Yeah. I could do that moving forward. Absolutely. That's, that sounds easy. Okay. So no more Tom Carter's name on the rest of the, the show here, but uh, anyways, back to the program, um, Scott, you alluded to it before brewers have gone through a rough stretch since our last podcast um it, you know the the series started poorly against the reds that we just concluded but we did end up uh splitting the series against cincinnati but that came after we lost uh and got swept in a three-game series in san diego um scott let's talk about the week that was a little bit uh what did you see out of the brewers at the beginning of the week versus the end of the week and um did you do you think that this is maybe the low point of the season or uh give us some thoughts on the last two series uh, boy, I really sure hope this is the low point of the season. I mean, anytime you go out west, like, I mean, how many how many Brewer teams have just gone out west to die? Like, they just have a really bad road trip out there. Uh, but, I mean, this time we're playing we're playing a, a Giants team that, you know, frankly, um, is not very good. And a, a Padres team that is, I guess, fair to middling. Um, and, and to be – to leave – uh, losing, you know, five out of six of those, that's, that's rough. So um, you think, you know, maybe, maybe coming back and facing the Reds and Derek Johnson and, and it starts off really, really bad losing two of those two. And all of a sudden you, you look at it and you're like, oh man, uh, we just kind of let the, uh, the Cardinals and the Reds and the, even the Pirates for that matter, kind of get back into the thick of the divisional race and the wildcard race. And, uh, all of that is disappointing, but um, salvage the last two. Um, got some home cooking to do um, with the Mariners and the Pirates coming up, and hopefully we'll be able to create a little bit more distance and back in first place. Yeah, and, um, you know, I just want to throw out the caveat that I know it's very, very easy for uh, fans of any team to, to, to kind of get locked into that short-sighted mentality, but every team, including, you know, the World Series champion, whoever it is, any given year, goes through a stretch where they lose a you know a, a series of games, or they you know lose five, six games in a row, or they lose several series in a row. I mean, it's going to happen over the course of 162 game season. I'm not saying that this isn't this past week hasn't been reasons for you know for Brewer fans to have concerns, um, you know, and I think those concerns start with our starting pitching. But 
Um, I, I will say that I think that sometimes it's very easy to get locked into that very short-term mode of thinking and get frustrated because, you know, you, it's easy to forget that, um, yeah, we lost on a Tuesday, but that doesn't mean we're going to lose, you know, the next, you know, five Tuesdays going forward because baseball is such a long season. Um, do you think that this was just kind of a, a blip on the radar screen for a very talented Brewers team, uh, kind of like where we were for most of the season? Or do you think that, that this is kind of an indicator of bigger problems that the organization needs to address, uh, David Stern specifically needs to address by the trade deadline? Uh, and I'm talking about the pitching. Frankly, I don't, I don't really see anything new that, that has happened over the course of the last week that, you know, any, any new issues, I guess. I mean, aside from, you know, I mean, the few limited starts from Gio Gonzalez, who hopefully is going to be back in the rotation soon. Um, and then uh, really great years by Woodruff and, and Zach Davies. Our rotation has been uh, not good, not good at all. And our bullpen, which was probably our greatest strength last year, uh, frankly, just does not have the depth that it does this year. And, and that's definitely an issue. Offensively, I think we're right about where we were last year. So um, even though we, we have stretches where uh, we rely too heavily on, on the home run, but I think you could say that about most teams this day and age. So, um, yeah, nothing, yeah, nothing new, really. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that our offensive numbers kind of being where we expect them to be are it's kind of kind of miraculous really when you consider the lack of production that we've gotten out of Jesus Aguiar and Travis Shaw. Um, you know, there's been obvious issues with both of those guys and a lot of talk amongst Brewer fans uh that these guys may either need a change of scenery or some time in the minor league. What are your thoughts on that? And do you think the Brewers are gonna do anything um with either one of those guys or both of those guys here in the coming weeks? it really limits our options because I, I'm pretty sure that um, Aguiar doesn't have any options. I think Shaw still has one. So potentially you can throw him down there for a spell um, just to get a swing. Right. right. He did home run today um, or hit a home yep. run today, but um, 465 feet. I still question that quite a bit, actually. I know StatCast, like uh -huh. everybody takes it for, you know, they think that it's this word as good as gold, but I, I just don't, see that as a 465 foot home run maybe i'm wrong but uh so scott, great scott how, scott how scott how many feet do you think it went um i don't know like four twenty four thirty <laughs> okay i, I mean and yeah, maybe maybe you're right that's a lot of difference though um but yeah to get back to the point so we have uh we did get a text message from craig who unfortunately apparently can't be on the set here today um he said uh, expletive, our pitching sucks, expletive, um, Shaw needs to be sent down immediately. That was the um, quote. And I think that a lot of people are kind of on board with what Craigers is saying about Shaw. Now, do you think that that's kind of like a short-term reaction, maybe not taking the bigger picture? This is a guy that put up 30-plus home run seasons the last couple of years. Uh, obviously, he's gone off to a slow start. He did have an injury earlier this year. Um, or do you think that he really does need to be sent down? How long do you give a leash uh, for a guy like Travis Shaw? I just want to know how bad his wrist is bothering him. I know he's battled injuries all this year, but uh, the wrist injury is the one that um, I'm usually the most concerned with when it comes to a hitter, especially for their power. Um, but yeah, I mean, combined, what, this is about 60 home runs of production from last yeah. year between him and Aguirre. And yeah, I mean, that's both guys are crushed, crushed right-handers last year too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh it's not happening. And I think that's the only reason why both these guys are getting such a long leash. I mean, they're both hitting what a buck 80 or something. 
Um, I might even be overestimating that, but um, because they contributed so much and they were such a big part uh, of our of our success last year, I think that's the only reason why they get such a long leash this year. Um, otherwise, uh, there's already obviously a lot of people clamoring to to free Keston Hira, and um, right that, that is probably going to happen. I would think that that's got to happen at the All Star break at the absolute latest, which at this point is really only a couple weeks away. Yeah, it's right around the corner. And uh, to answer your question, Travis Shaw is hitting 165 uh, batting average on the year, 276 OBP. He's got five home runs and 12 RBIs in uh, 54 games and 176 at-bats. So that is definitely far below the standards that he set for himself last year where he had 32 home runs. Uh, you know, he didn't have a great batting average last year. He had 241, but he did have a 345 OBP. Um, 86 RBIs, 101 RBIs the year before, um, 32 and 31 home runs, you know, respectively over the last couple of seasons going into this year. So something clearly seems off with him. And I just don't know if he's injured, what spending any time in the minor leagues is going to do for that. Uh, and if he is truly suffering from a wrist injury, you know, maybe the Brewers are best to put him back on the disabled list and, and really let him rest that wrist. We do have another in-house guy who can play third base. Mike Moustakis, an all-star candidate. And uh, as you pointed out, Keston here can be brought up then right away to, to fill in at second base, and he did so admirably, admirably when Shaw was on the disabled list earlier this year a few weeks ago. Um, so certainly that's an option. Now, first base, I think, is a little bit more unclear with Jesus. Hey, we are splitting time already with Eric Thames and not getting as many at that. Um, but what do you think the Brewers might do with Jesus going forward? I don't know that there's a lot that you can do with him, unfortunately. I mean, uh, less playing right. time still. Um, I mean, you could have you could have Thames basically starting as any right-hander, and then um, Aguirre only facing lefties. And even then, um, you could even throw Grandall at first for a few starts. I think we've done that once in a blue moon this year already. Um, with yeah, and Brunt. Brunt. Braun played over there a couple games last year as well. Yeah, that's true. For the record, you know, when you've got Ben Gamble, they can fill in in the outfield. Um, and Aguiar is currently batting 198 right now. He's batting average 198. OBP at 305, um, so a little bit higher than Shaw's. But, yeah, 198 batting average with five home runs as well on the year. 25 RBIs for Jesus. So, All right. So when I um, said a buck 80, that's, that's pretty much splitting the difference. You kinda, two. Yeah, you kind of averaged it. That was pretty good, Scott. I, did your interns get you that information or – um, no, they're pretty useless right now. Um, in fact, okay. for the most part, they're working almost exclusively at the Brewers ticket office. So if you need any help, feel free to call them or better yet, just use the internet. Um, but <laughs> no, it's, um, uh, the other thing I guess I wanted to point out is I think in our last podcast, we mentioned that, uh, this team, um, due to the lack of, uh, all of our, all of our production seems to be coming from our left-handed hitters for the most part. Uh, they're having great years. Uh, whereas, you know, even, even guys like Kane and Braun are already slipped a little bit compared to last year. Um, with that being said, so we thought, oh, well, um, lefty starters, that's going to be a little bit of an issue for us. And I believe when we were in San Diego, I think we faced three lefty starters and lost all three games. Um, yep. Yep. It's possible that's, that we knew what we were talking true. about um, briefly. <laughs> you, you never, never know. know. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Could have been around. Uh, not a court. Not according to our colleague, Tom Hodgecourt, but that's a discussion for another day. Um, 
Let's go through the news and notes from this week. Uh, one of the big pieces of news since our last taping was that uh, Jimmy Nelson has been moved to the bullpen. Um, so that is uh, one item I'd like to discuss. Scott, he apparently had turned down a, a, the option of going down to be a starter and work on some things in the minor leagues to remain in the bullpen. Um, do you agree with the Brewers' decision to move Jimmy out of the rotation? Do you agree with Jimmy's decision? Uh, not to go and report to the minor leagues. Um, and, and what are your thoughts overall on the situation? And as a reminder, Jimmy had obviously spent uh, many, many months, over a year, uh, rehabbing from an injury he suffered in the 2017 season. Uh, came back, made three starts, uh, pretty disastrous results in the area over 10. Um, but what are your thoughts on, on Jimmy Nelson? Um, I, I, I don't know about this move to the bullpen. I mean, at, at one point, I mean, I guess we're saying um, he hasn't done a, a – Super great job, um, obviously, in the starter's role. And we did just mention that our bullpen doesn't have the depth that it used to. So um, I, I guess that this is an option. But I, I don't know what he's going to be able to work on in the bullpen that he wouldn't be able to work on as a starter. And so um, I'm not sure that this is a good fix. Having said that, um, I think the right move is probably what we just did with Corbin Burns, who – and I, I, just, I feel really bad for the guy because he had such a great year last year in his breakout campaign, and now he's, he's really scuffling like I don't think he ever has in, in his career. And it's just – it's frustrating to see. It's frustrating for everybody, and you just really hope that he turns it around. He showed flashes of his old self a couple weeks ago, and we thought he might turn the corner, but it really hasn't happened. So at this point, getting him back down and getting him to work on some things and get his confidence back at this point. I mean, how big of it, I know that's such a subjective thing, but how much of it at this point do you think is like a confidence issue or a mental issue with these guys? Because, I mean, between Burns and, and Sean Egger, I mean, this isn't just struggling at this point. This is just, this is just really, really bad. Yeah, we've talked about it a bit on other um, episodes of our podcast that you know, Corbin Burns' proclivity giving up the home run this year is is mind-boggling for a guy that barely gave up uh, or didn't give up many home runs, I guess, in the minor leagues. and Didn't give up many home runs last year coming out of the bullpen for the big league team. Um, all of a sudden, not only is he giving up a lot of runs, but they're like home runs, they're bombs, they're uh, – he's just being tattooed. So it's it's it seems like it's something mental. I don't know if it's something like the league adjusting uh, to Corbin and him not having, you know, good second and third pitches or if it's something else that it is mental. It's, it's tough to say from this vantage point, but, um, you know, it's, it's certainly something that he needs to address because, uh, you know, him being on the big league club and certainly the starting rotation were, you know, untenable giving up those kinds of uh, those numbers um, that he was the last few months, really, since the beginning of the season. He really hasn't been on whatsoever. Well, and I think that over the course of the last two years, especially in the, um, I guess, the council Stearns era, I mean, we had always said, I think one of our biggest um, um, things that we would say last year was just that if you're not producing, we have the depth now to bring in somebody that can. And right. this year we've actually been hanging on to people a little bit more because a lot of those people had options last year and the year before, and they don't anymore. And so um, now our hands are a little bit tied. I mean, does anybody really want to see us after the monster year that Aguirre had last year? Does, does anybody want to see him cut? Because, I mean, we're not going to be able to trade anything for him. Right. This was a guy who was an all-star last year, so it's bizarre. But, yeah, I mean, that's the situation that you're finding ourselves in. Um, and, and just to recap the actual news with that piece of Corbin Burns that you brought up, 
uh, Corbin Burns sent down, and Aaron Wilkerson was brought back up, the guy who's been up and down on the major league roster since, I think, 2016. Um, uh, originally acquired from Boston for Aaron Hill, but Aaron Wilkerson coming back to the big league. Um, what kind of role do you think that Aaron Wilkerson is going to fill uh, on this team going forward here in the next uh, few weeks, Seth? Um, well, I, I guess uh, he's going to be the guy that we're going to throw out there every fifth day. And um, well, actually, I'm sorry. Um, Hauser's taking the place in rotation, right? Yeah, no, you're you're ruining my third piece of news. Uh, but yes, that is Whoops. that is yep. No, that was next. Yes, Adrian. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Adrian Hauser is being moved from the bullpen, where he's pitched incredibly well this year, by the way, an unsung hero out of the pen. Um, do the starting rotation. He's going to get a start, I believe, on Wednesday against the Mariners uh, at Miller Park. So we'll look forward to seeing Adrian back on the mound as a starter. And he's, he's done both, um, uh, serve as a starter and as a reliever during his tenure with uh, the Milwaukee organization, both in the minors and in Milwaukee itself. Um, so we'll see what Adrian has as a starting pitcher um, this week as well. Yeah, no, I don't necessarily see um, Wilkerson taking on those high leverage innings, even though he's, he's pitched pretty well this year actually but um yeah I, I don't necessarily see that but having said that um like we were saying before the bullpen depth just isn't quite there so there's going to be times when he's going to have to get some big outs but um not very often not right away yeah and then the other uh one news uh, item this week was that uh, uh jacob barnes i believe was sent down to the minor leagues when i uh, Yula Shafin was reactivated from the disabled list. So it's good to get, um, you know, one of our starting pitchers back. Uh, Shafin has not had a very good season, but he, again, was, like many of our guys, very good last year. And hopefully he can regain some of that form um, as 2019 moves along. Um, do we have any uh, update on Gio Gonzalez and his comeback from his injury? Because it would be nice to get another stable arm in the rotation. Um, so, Scott, wondering if you're, you or your interns have gotten any inside scoop on, on Gio's prognosis as the weeks move on here. So I was kind of looking at this because some stuff is kind of happening right when we're taping. Um, so I'm not real sure what's going to happen yet, but they're basically saying that his arm still feels a little dead and that um, they don't know necessarily when he's going to come back, but they hope it's going to be soon. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get back until after the all-star break, if they, you know, give him a couple starts off and um, actually rumor here that uh, Freddie Peralta might even come up and, and do a, spot start here there so uh, a lot of things in flux uh, a lot of balls in the air right now yeah okay well um let's move along then from news here to a uh, preview of this week scotty we've got the uh mariners coming into town tomorrow uh, we're, we're taping on sunday night uh, after the brewers defeated the reds uh today to split the series but an off day tomorrow on monday and then a, a two-game series against the mariners on tuesday and wednesday uh, and then a weekend series against the Pirates at home. Um, what are you looking for in the Mariners series and uh, then against the Pirates uh, in the weekend? Um, kind of just hoping that the, the home cooking kind of does a little bit more for us. Um, just going to need the fans to go out there and be great. And, um, I mean, the bats are so off and on. Like, it just seems like every other week we score seven – or every other day we score either seven runs or one. Um, but um, – <laughs> Yeah, just to be able to – all we really need right now is, like, we have probably four or five guys right now that are playing, like, all-stars, which in theory means that this is um, one of the strongest teams that we've ever had. 
Um, unfortunately, we're, we also have uh, probably four or five guys that are playing like they don't belong in the majors. So um, we just need guys like that to step up, unfortunately. Um, that's what it comes down to. Yeah, and um, let's get to that next point then. So, um, do you have, well, first, I guess, do you have a prediction then against the uh, on the, on the ser- two series that's coming up? What's your prediction for the week? Um, I'm going to say we turned it around, and we have a four and two homestand. Oh yeah, and I'm, I'm sorry, I messed up. We have a Thursday game against the Mariners too. It's a three game set, so we've got yeah three against Seattle, three against Pittsburgh. Okay, so I'll say. You know what, Scott? I'm going to be optimistic, too. It's not fun because we're going to be the same. I'm going to say four and two, though, as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to predict games against interleague competition, especially from the AL West because we play those teams so infrequently. Um, but, yeah, we'll say two and one against both teams. And uh, what do you think? Does Domingo Santana get a nice round of applause when he comes back to Milwaukee this week? Um, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, yeah, I don't think he's – I mean, he's going to get like a nice little smattering of applause, but I don't think, I don't think he's going to get a standing ovation or anything like that. Like he had a good year with us and that was great. But like, other than that, um, yeah, no, I don't he had think a couple he's around long enough. Seasons. Yeah, no, I'm not saying a standing O. I think a couple, you know, he'll get a nice round of applause. He was also traded in, you know, badmouth Milwaukee or choose to leave as a free agent or anything like that. Right. So I, yeah, I could see him getting a nice little round of applause. He was a guy that, you know, had a very productive season for us in 2017 and was a part of things on a playoff team last year. So I could, I could definitely see him at least getting a, a, a nice warm welcome if not a standing ovation. Um, yeah, and I'll say 2-1 against Pittsburgh as well. Um, should be hopefully a, a, a good series against the Pirates. Uh, we play the Pirates a lot here. The fact we played them twice in the last few weeks, two series, as I should say, and then we've got a series at home and then another one on the road in Pittsburgh in early July as well. So it's going to be a lot of uh, – playing against the Pirates here in the next few weeks. Um, so that's good. And then um, you put up a couple, or your interns put up a couple polls uh, about the All-Star game on social media. Um, what was the consensus in terms of the number of All-Stars that the Brewers are going to have this year, Scott? So I know we talked about this uh, after our last podcast, and I think we settled on, we thought that four was probably where it was going to land. Um Yeah. I think we thought it was probably going to wind up being um, Hader as the lone pitcher and then um, uh, Yelich, of course, and then uh, our two free agent one-year deals in Moustakas and Grandal, I think, were where we were looking for yep. those four. Uh, the internet disagreed. They felt that there's uh, more than likely that we're going to get three all-stars. Um, but – Unfortunately, you know, it's just a poll, so we don't really know who they're leaving out. My guess is, um, I guess, Grandall. I don't, I don't know. But hard to say. Hard to say. But Yeah, In, unless Dave Roberts took the poll, we really don't know. So um, right. there were a couple co- comments I saw in there that said that maybe five all-stars, too, where people were saying Zach Davies or Brennan. Woodruff all got nods or mentions at least in the comment section um, from what I could gather as well. So that's, that's interesting. And certainly a guy like Davies should merit at least a little consideration, even if he doesn't actually get picked for the game. And I, I think even Woodruff as well, um, you know, and maybe if the Brewers were a team that wasn't likely going to have a good handful of representation already at the game, a team maybe like the Royals or someone else, um, certainly one of those guys could have been an all-star this year, but we'll, we'll be interested to see, 
uh, like everyone else who follows it, uh, you know, what happens here in the next few weeks as the All-Star roster shape up. Yeah, I think there was even one commenter that thought that both uh, Davies and Woodruff would make it in addition to the four that we previously mentioned. So six All-Stars wow. would be a Brewer record. Six All-Stars. Um, that would be a... Yep. It would be exciting to see. I personally don't think it's going to happen, but, um, you know, Woodruff, hell of a game today. I mean, seven innings. Uh, he did give yeah. up uh, the one home run, so he gave up three runs, but uh, what was it? Yep. 12 Ks, was it? Yeah, 12 Ks, and, uh, you know, it's an old school stat, but he is tied now for the National League and wins uh, on the year with nine, so that's something to be said for that as well. I mean, you guys, the guy takes the ball and he gets results, so I know that it's not the and I'll be all sad or the most telling stat, but it is a stat that, you know, should have some weight uh, at least. And he is, he is racking up some large win totals if nothing else on the year. So uh, kudos to Brandon Woodruff, especially uh, this being his first season that he's really been locked into the starting rotation from the beginning of it. So uh, great to see a progress for a guy who's been heralded as a Brewers pitching prospect for a number of years. Yeah. One more um, Twitter poll. This one's a little bit sillier that we kind of wanted to throw out there. Um, Brewers fanny pack was given away today, the powder blue fanny pack. Um, ask the fans uh, if if you would, um, if you had to do one or the other, you would wear that fanny pack all day, every day for a year, or take a fastball from Josh Hader and get hit somewhere below the neck. Uh, which one would you pick? And right now, sixty-six uh, percent say that they're going to wear the fanny pack for a year. Now I understand that a lot of people. I mean, nobody wants to be hit by a Josh Hader fastball, but I mean, where are these guys <laughs> that wear this fanny pack all day every day for a year? Like, I mean, I guess if you explain it, well, I had to do one or the other. I wasn't going to get hit. Like, maybe, but aren't you sick of – you're going to have to explain it like a hundred times throughout the course – well, a thousand times throughout yeah. the course of the year. These guys also may not have wives or girlfriends or anything like that. I mean, we don't know the ages of everybody that follows us or participates in our polls on Twitter, but – I can't imagine that too many people who have a significant other are going to have a, an understanding spouse that is okay with you wearing a fanny pack all year long. I mean, to everything from family events to high school reunions, that seems a little much, right? Yeah, it's like Arrested Development. You'd be like a never nude. Like, you'd have to support the <laughs> fanny pack. Or whatever. I mean, I, I, did you make that, did your interns make that clear in the actual poll question that this also includes, like, when you're taking a shower or, you know, when you're showing up to, to, to work or, you know, the class or whatever it is that you do. <laughs> um, no, but somebody did ask, and I really actually, uh, I really actually appreciated this to the point where I probably have to call them out on it. Um, so uh, um, the real surge three asks on Twitter, uh, I hope he's listening to this, but um, he actually said, uh, do I get to turn my back, you know, and first of all, getting drilled in the back is no fun either, especially if you take one right, right off the spine. But um, <laughs> yeah. uh, we said, no, that you're, um, you're not going to be able to react or you can turn your back, of course, but you can't react until after he throws it, which for most of us is going to be like, um, it's too late <laughs> at that point. Um, but I did right. say that you, um, you can wear a helmet, you can wear a shin guards um, and you can wear a cup, but you can't wear a ridiculous Derek Dietrich elbow pad. Um, so, you know, there's none of that. I mean, like, right. But like you point out, I mean, I'm not sure, and this isn't to rip on the quality of our Twitter followers, but I, I don't know how many of our Twitter followers would even be prepared enough to turn their elbow into it like Derek Dietrich was this series. So, 
I don't know that the elbow guard is really the end all be all make a different thing that many people may think it is. Like the react the, the split second reaction time that it takes to avoid being hit or to get hit in a specific area from a Josh Hader fastball, it's almost like you've got to be a professional for that. I don't know, you know, if we could there's some footage of like fan reactions to foul balls, but it's not the same as a big leaguer's reaction to a baseball. So I just wanted to point that out there as well, that maybe the elbow guard isn't really necessarily going to be all that big of a difference maker. Yeah. I don't see a lot of us being able to have like the, you know, the, well, I guess we would probably all react like Mike Matheny's and just get drilled in the face (laughs) without any reaction whatsoever. Uh, The only difference is we wouldn't just stand there and start spitting out teeth. We would just crumple and die, but you know. Yeah. Maybe we could talk to, to Josh. Uh, hater and see if he'll be willing to actually take it upon himself to to do this that for us and bean fans and it would be a great competition way to get some new followers as well um, so we'll we'll work on that on our end but uh, and actually on that note just wanted to thank those of you who are listening and who follow us on Twitter uh, for pushing us over 700 followers uh, I know it's not as big of a benchmark as some other Twitter accounts but we're happy and proud to be there at 700 uh, at this point in the season so. Uh, thank you to all of our fans and followers on Twitter. And if you have not followed us yet, please give us a follow at BrewCrewView1 uh, on Twitter. Um, and also send us your questions at BrewCrewViewPodcast with an S at gmail.com. And Scott, I think you've actually got time. Um, I know you were looking in the mailbag here today. Uh, what did you find? Let's get to one of two of our questions. Um, we've got the time to do with this episode. Did you have one that you pulled that was especially interesting? Um, well, there was, there was one, but it was like a, would you rather, it kind of inspired me for the, um, for the, would you rather, uh, get drilled by Josh Hader after wear a fanny pack. But, um, they basically just asked, like, if you had to cut one player today and, um, like it has to either be Aguirre or Shaw and you know that you're not going to get anything for them, you know, that they're never going to be a brewer ever again, which one would you get rid of and why, um, it's a very difficult question. Um, I think that Shaw as a left-handed bat, even though we already have a lot of good left-handed bats, I guess he has more of a proven track record, um, whereas Aguiar has not quite been able to have the successful sustainability uh, that Shaw has. So uh, having said that, I, I would have I would have to cut Aguiar, but I don't want to cut either one, but – you know, you, yes. So there it is. I don't know. What's your take on it, Vince? Um, yeah, I would probably answer the question similarly. I think that Shaw has more upside. I think that finding power at either third or second base, for that matter, is a little bit rarer than finding it at first base. So I, oh, I would, positional versatility. Of, that's a great point. Positional versatility. Yeah. So I would say that for scarcity reasons, uh, Going back to my economics course in college, I would say that maybe you'd cut Aguiar over Shaw as well. So, um, but I'm with you. I don't think either person, either guy, should be just cut. I don't think that that would be the best reaction. I could see, um, you know, since the minors, if guys have options left, but I don't think that that's necessarily the best thing. And selling at a low value point is never a good idea, um, as we've seen. So I, I tend to think that neither one of these guys is going anywhere anytime soon. But um, answer that question i would i would go with cutting gig we are ahead of shaw and a thank you to Mich- i think it was michelle prolongo of grafton who sent in that question yes thank you very much for that michelle um really really appreciate that um 
and I guess the only other thing that I wanted to point out with both of these players is, um, I mean, both of these were, were 30 home run guys that, that could be counted on. Uh, kind of reminds me of the guy that we're going to see this week in Domingo Santana. He had that right. big, about 30 home run season with us you know, a couple of years ago. And then, uh, kind of wasn't able to find that power again suddenly. And uh, the next thing you know, we wind up having to sell him for significantly lower than than probably what we wanted to, uh, to acquire Ben Gamble. And although Santana is having a good year this year, I'm not sure that he's going to be able to to hit the, the 30 home runs that he did, but he's he's just about all the way back to his, his previous form. So, uh, that's why it's yeah, so hard. You don't want to give up on these guys. Yeah, let's look at Domingo Santana a little bit because we still have a few minutes left. Um, Domingo is batting 283 this year, 349 OBP, and he has 17 home runs already on the year and 58 RBIs leading the American League. Yeah, he's um, right there. So, I mean. Yeah, and this is a guy who, you know, definitely showed those flashes at the Brewers. It's not like this comes out of nowhere. The guy had 30 home runs in 2017. Um, spent most of last year in the minor leagues, really. He had only five home runs in the majors last year, but only played in 85 games in Milwaukee, uh, 235 plate appearances. So um, the negative side, he is leading the American League in strikeouts as well. So he's almost like a Chris Davis type. Um, but, yeah, he's got 58 RBIs and 17 home runs uh, on the year so far. So, yeah, he's having a great year. 508 slugging percentage as well. Wow. Well, yeah, and then you look at that and you're like, that's – OPS. Yeah, that's a phenomenal uh, – offensive output he only has a war of one though uh is his wins above replacement right. uh because right. he is still um a liability defensively and in fact when you put up offensive numbers like that you have to be a fairly significant defensive liability and that's what he has been so far this year but can't well, and that's the thing if the, if the brewers were in the american league i think that it would have been a huge mistake to get rid of him he was a perfect dh really um and it's chris, chris davis is too for that matter but um, yeah, I mean, this year he's he's definitely a defensive liability. He was he was a defensive liability for the Brewers as well. I think we just hit it better, maybe because uh, our outfield has been so athletic. But uh, you know, it's it's really interesting to see. He's played uh, he's played a handful of games in the outfield this year. But yeah, he's he's definitely well suited for a DH role. Which, by the way, um, I guess if there is anything uh, any downside to having a home series. Um, in this case, the downside is that because this is an interleague uh, game, we would have needed a DH if we would have been playing in Seattle. And if that were the case, my guess is that uh, Keston Hero would be back up in the big leagues right now. Unfortunately, he is not because we do not need that DH. That's correct. But we do go on the road and have games in American League stadiums. Uh, you know, throughout the season, I believe we go to Oakland at the end of July. So that'll be the, and then 30th, oh, he'll be 31st back of July and the, sure. the 1st of August. Yeah. So then we don't have any other games actually in American League stadiums this year, which is, I, I, yeah, interesting. So he was, he was already sent down when the Brewers went to Houston, I believe, uh, not quite two weeks ago. So because he was up for that pirate series, so he's been down for about two weeks today, I think actually, um, yeah, so wow. interesting. But, but, yeah, we don't have many games in American League Stadium this year. That's a good point, Scott. Just three more on the year, um, and those are the three in Oakland. So. Well, yep. what do you think? You want to wrap this one up? 
Yeah, it's great talking baseball with you, Scott. Uh, well, hopefully we hear back from our friends and colleagues, uh, Chad and and uh, Craig, that, you know, all is well. Um, but you know, they'll be on our next podcast uh, next week, I would hope. But in any event, thank you all for listening and for uh, being here for another edition of the Brew Crew Review Podcast. Scott, uh, thanks for joining us here on the set today. Thank you, and uh, thank all our wonderful fans. I think you already mentioned everything else. I think we have a Facebook site that we don't really look at. Um, Twitter's yeah. probably the best way. I think that's our most accurate one. But, yeah, keep those questions coming in. Uh, send in stuff. We'll try to keep it as exciting as possible. Even if you have suggestions about anything, like, we don't care. Send it in. Like, we're happy to look at it. So, um, you know, we yeah. do this We do this for ourselves. We don't do it for money, but we also do it to talk baseball and, uh, um, you know, hopefully provide some great content to fans like you. So really appreciate anything you can help us with. Yeah, no money involved except from our sponsor, Benno's, uh, in West Dallas. So don't forget to head to Benno's and enjoy a libation or two. Um, and thank you again, Benno's, for your, your sponsorship of our show. So in any event, thanks again for listening, guys. Uh, stay classy, Wisconsin, and go Brewers. Go Brewers. Dun, 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 dun.